0: ultimately thinking back to it Mm -hmm. um it just reminds me of that theme that's been coming up for us lately it's Uh just let's not worry about what should be or what would be the right way to do it let's just worry about what actually what is and let's deal with that and when i look at it you know suppose all that had gone well and you were at google right Uh. now then nobody would be listening to this right now
1: you're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-O'Kome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, it's Nikayla here back with another special episode of Side Hustle Pro. I have a special guest with me on this episode, as you can probably tell from the title.
0: Hello, hello, (laughs) hello.
1: It is my husband, Moyo, Moyo Akome. It's
0: about time.
1: Oh, stop. Okay, (laughs) So for all my new listeners, shout out to y'all. Thank you. I'm so glad you found me. I haven't really done an episode where I take you back through my own journey in a while. And I actually received a question the other day and the person said, you know, hi, I love how you interview black women who have taken their side hustles and turned them into profitable businesses. Would love to hear you put yourself in your own guest chair and talk about your entrepreneurial journey, lessons learned. And I'm curious to hear your answers to the lightning round. So say no more. I am going to be sharing my own journey. And I thought what better way to share more about Nikayla than to tell you a little bit about the Okome family hustle, because it's it's a family hustle hey, now, right?
0: Awesome. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a good yeah. idea. Shout out to, uh, to you. Know out to you. you know who you are.
1: <laughs> and I want to start off by introducing my husband because He is my partner in life, love and business. And we are walking this path of entrepreneurship together.
0: 100%.
1: Yeah. A lot of people have heard us share our story individually or together, but in small snippets when we used to do Facebook Live sometimes back in like, what was that? (laughs) 2016,
0: 2017. It was well received. It was, but we just couldn't stick to it.
1: And I don't think we've ever sat down to comprehensively share who we are, how we met, what makes us click as entrepreneurs, and how we both came to be entrepreneurs. But Actually, Mm. I should say side hustlers turn entrepreneurs. That's Mm. what the show is about. That's the path I travel. That's the path Moyo traveled. And, I mean, what are the chances two side hustlers turn entrepreneurs who meet and get married, right? So today's the day that we break it all down. So the first thing I thought we should talk about is how did we meet?
0: All right. Okay. That's that's a good one.
1: Oh, you know what? Before we get into that, tell the people a little bit more about who you are. Who is Moyo? Okay, what does sure, he do? For
0: sure. Um, my name is Moyo Okome. I am the husband of Nakela Matthews Okome. So for the last... Um, Let me say seven or eight years. I've been involved in the mobile apps world. I develop mobile apps. I have a team that helps me do that. Then in addition to that, I've started to help other people to get in the game. I recently wrote a book. Shout out to my editor, Angela Clemens Johnson, who helped me with the book. Uh,
1: Shout out to Angela.
0: (laughs) uh, Apart from that, I recently dropped the Game of Grow podcast. What's that about? So Game of Grow follows my entrepreneurial journey and it's different from a lot of podcasts out there because it's just sharing the experiences that I go through as an entrepreneur. You know, it's real, it's raw. Um, We talk about wins. We like wins, but we also talk about the losses. We talk about the lessons and um, I'm just trying to share things that are very actionable that people can actually use. So that's my main goal. Um, so I think I think you've done a great job with this podcast from the messages that we, we see every week, right?
1: Of course. <laughs> um, you know, at Moyo, fun fact, was also a podcast mogul student. So Podcast <sighs> Moguls was, is my podcast accelerator program that I started in January of 2018. And it's been going wonderfully. I... Coach and train emerging podcasters to launch and scale their own podcast. So Moyo actually had a podcast did. before, didn't it? it was, <laughs> <laughs> how should we describe it? I don't know, um, but let's just say that Game of Grow is. Just, it's the evolution. It's, it's the, the evolution. evolution. It's the you
0: know? evolution. I, I, but earlier on, I had said that the previous podcast, Daily Spark, died, that it was dead. I, I, I recorded a eulogy for it. And then my mom called me while we were on the way to the airport, and she was like, I need to change the language. So it, it's an evolution. <laughs> it's an evolution. <laughs> um,
1: but you've approached it with
0: a more strategic yeah, mind. Yeah, more, more strategic. And, um, I think that you, you were actually surprised at the way when I was going through podcast moguls that I actually went through it line by line.
1: Yeah, he, <laughs> he was like when he fully, you know, commits his attention and focuses like he becomes like super student. So, you know, of course, I live in he's my husband. We live together and okay. he every second like has a question. And I'm like, uh sir, if you don't go back to the module. <laughs> right. So
0: guys, guys in the community, I'm still a little bit salty that I didn't get specific special attention so you know i want you to you hit uh, get
1: special attention he just i just also directed you back to the content that i created so i want you to talk to side to pro on questions. instagram and tell her oh my god Mo- moving anyway moving right right along, along. So now let's get into how do we meet now that you know a little bit more about Moyo. So how did we meet? You want to tell that story?
0: Do you want me to tell the real story or do you want to tell your story?
1: Here we go again. <laughs> I am going to take this one you because charge, Moyo that. is, so I'll tell you why he says it's not the real story. So anywho, we actually met on Facebook. Shout out to digital platform well, social you, media. Do you remember
0: when you weren't supposed to talk to people online? I because know, Because they were right? going to put you in a body bag?
1: No, I don't remember that. that, That's what I
0: was told. I I
1: don't think that time has ended. I think that that could still happen. All right, moving on. So this was back during the time when I was, um, I just joined this program called Management Leadership for Tomorrow, MLT for short. And it prepares underrepresented minorities to get into the top business schools in the country. So by preparing you and it's like a what is it, an 18 month process. Moyo actually went through it as well. Mm -hmm. And as I was in that program, we had this assignment to reach out to people. We every month we have these homework assignments. And one of them was to like reach out to people who are currently in the schools you are interested in to just get to know what their experience is like so that you can make an informed decision about B-School. So one night I was just on Facebook, just scrolling endlessly. You know how that goes. And um, I came across my friend, a friend of mine, was tagged in this album about the Wharton Africa Business Conference. And I kept seeing this smiling face that looked kind of familiar And so after a while, I just started. You guys know me. I've already told you that I'm a social media stalker. So I finally click on this face and start, like, poking around his profile a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this guy seems interesting. He's at Wharton. He's very involved. He's leading this major conference. He was like, I could tell from the album that he was leading the Africa Business Conference. And I was like, he'll be a good person to talk to for my homework. I bet (laughs) he will. So I sent him a Facebook friend request. And he accepted within like five seconds. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was very quick. Yo. It was very quick. Mm, and um, and talk. because it was so quick, I was like, whoa, I, I should probably send him a message so he understands why I friended him, you know, so he doesn't get the wrong idea. So I sent him a message to say like, hey, I'm in MLT. I see that you're in MLT because from his profile, I could see that he did it also. So I told him, you know, how I'd be interested in talking to him about the business school experience. And that's how it began. What what happened next?
0: Uh, so we definitely exchanged a few messages back and forth. Right. You, you remember at that time it was, I was December. Actually, yeah. So you were still. I was about to travel.
1: You, you were about to travel, but you were about to come home for uh, Christmas break first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. at the time I was living in New York. He's also from New York, so he was coming back home to New York, and we decided to meet up. Yes. For.
0: Yes. Uh, we're going to have a little a little meeting.
1: Yeah. So we're... first it was supposed to be coffee, but then he <laughs> was like, he doesn't drink coffee.
0: Right. <laughs> I do now. I drink a lot of coffee now. You it's do crazy. Now.
1: So we decided to make it dinner.
0: Right. Is that what we right. did, yeah. It's logical.
1: Very logical. Um, so we met up. We actually started at Max Brenner in, uh, those of you from <laughs> New York know it's <laughs> over by 14th Street. And that ended up being full, so we're like, let's go around the corner yeah. have some Thai food. So um, we go around the corner, and mind you, this is the first time we're eat we're meeting, and we're having dinner over like the- in the dimly lit restaurant. Mm-hmm. Having my favorite Thai food, so I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) focused on my pad Thai. But the craziest thing happened is, okay, from the minute we met, you know, maybe because it was never meeting under the pretense of like a date, a blind date, nothing like that. I was completely 100% comfortable with him. I felt like I'd known him my whole life. We talked. How long did we talk that night?
0: Sure, it was definitely a few hours.
1: And we realized we had a lot in common. So that was the beginning of our journey.
0: Indeed, indeed. And then shortly after that, after that break, then I was headed overseas. I had that <laughs> trip to the Middle East. Yep. And over that whole thing, we stayed in touch over uh, BlackBerry.
1: Yeah, back in the day, BBM. <laughs> but what's interesting about this is We met during the time that Moyo was in his second year of business school at Wharton. And I was getting ready to begin the process of even applying to business school. I hadn't applied yet. I'd just gotten into MLT and I hadn't even taken the GMAT yet. And our path would intersect intersect, and we'd have so much in common later that we wouldn't even know about them. So just to give you an example. okay. so when I met you, um, you know, we got to know each other and then. Um, Next thing you know, it was that spring, like the the spring that you're about to graduate from Wharton. And what was going on at that time? I didn't even realize half of what you were going through at that time.
0: I was was trying to get a job. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I was not being very successful with it. I went on all the interviews, got my hair cut. Did the intense study, and they just really weren't feeling me that much. What kind of job? Um, You know, I I was going for the consulting jobs. I I, I was thinking that my path, what I wrote for my business school essay was that I was going to go into consulting. Then I was going to study different industries for three to five years, and then I was going to go do my own thing. And it looks like that wasn't really meant to be because, you know, I probably went on about 30 different interviews and got zero jobs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I had no idea he, you know, it was that early phase when you're getting to know someone. It's just like whirlwind romance. And he would not really show any stress. Uh, He was in Philly. I was in New York. So when I would visit, it would be all good times, parties, yada, yada. I had no idea how stressed he actually was. And since I hadn't been through it yet, I also just didn't have a a perspective of what that probably is like.
0: Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to remember right now looking back just because it's so long ago. But it's hard for me to place that timeline with when we met and Mm -hmm. what was going on. But that definitely would have been happening around the same time.
1: Yeah, I definitely remember it. And at that time, so here's what was going on with me. So I was working at the time for this company called Ideally. It was my first job in social media marketing. This was back in 2011. I started it in um, 2010, actually. So shortly before me and Moyo met. And uh, it was the first time I ever had a role. My role was social media assistant or I don't even remember, specialist. And this was right when people started taking social media seriously as a job, even though it was still hard to explain to my parents what the hell I was doing all day. Um, it was my first role where I was like, oh, wait a second, I can actually do social media for a living. So I'm working in this place, um, This it's a, it's a startup company, which I didn't even really understand what a startup was. I was just looking for a job that I liked at the time. And I was also starting to think about, okay, this as a startup, it's pretty much a little bit of hot mess.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I, established companies are a mess yeah, too, man. To be honest, true. With
1: you. But I mean, ideally, no longer exists, right? right so, right, right, right. Y- those of you who are wondering what it is are probably like, "What is that?" Because it no <laughs> are, longer exists. Are, are
0: they ideal, or is they? Are they they, just gone? they
1: moved to ideal for a bit. They were acquired by Groupon, and I have no idea what okay, happened after that. Got it, like, moving on. So, moving on. <laughs> This was around the time I started realizing okay if I want to do this marketing stuff for real I need some kind of um true business understanding of how to connect the creative stuff I'm doing on social media with results for a company. Otherwise, they're always going to look at what I'm doing as frivolous. And that would drive me crazy when I would put all this effort into something. And, you know, people just kind of looked at it as, oh, that's nice. That's great. That's what you guys are doing on Facebook. Cool. You tweeted that. Cool. So that is when I started looking at business school. And then I just started thinking about, okay, what do I need to do? What all I was focused on is what do I need to do to get
0: in? Indeed, indeed. All right. So. Do you want to talk about...
1: Wh- well, then, so then you got a job. Okay, then okay, Then you finally okay, okay, got okay. a job. What, yeah. what what job was that? <laughs> so like that. How, did, how did you... Nah, so, I say it like that, but it was before you graduated. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I, I was super excited about that. Definitely went out and bought some champagne. I, I got a job with Microsoft at the time, working as a... Quote, unquote, business manager. I was whatever
1: that means. (laughs) I I, I was
0: very meant that I was going to work with a lot of spreadsheets. (laughs) I was very excited about it at the time. And um, yeah, you know, just just ready to get going.
1: So he gets this job in Washington, D.C. and moves there, which was I was excited for him. You know, glad he didn't end up somewhere like Chicago or whatever and that we weren't flight distance away from each other. But also like, dang, it used to just be a two hour distance. Now it's a four hour distance. And around that time, that was in 2011. You know, fast forward to 2012, um, further into the search for business school process Um, at this point, hating my job. I I shouldn't say hating, but had outgrown it, Mm, had outgrown it because at a startup, you, you start out doing one thing and then you do a million other things and you you feel like. You go through it more quickly than a traditional company. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was ready for, for a change. And at the time, I had moved back home with my parents because, you know, New York City rent. And, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I had this boyfriend in D.C. So I thought, you know, why don't I just move to D.C. Since I'm looking for a job anyway, I'll look for jobs in New York and D.C. Right. And that's how I wound up in D.C. Because I got a job at Georgetown doing I was the assistant director of marketing, which was just a very fancy title that really pushed my resume up a few notches.
0: You, you remember when, when I gave you the talk before that? Right. Like, so you, before. You're Michelle Obama. <laughs> before that interview,
1: obviously it was in DC, so I went to stay, you know, I'm staying with Moya for the weekend into the Monday when I had the interview and I was so intimidated because the title was assistant director of marketing. And I was going from social media assistant slash specialist to assistant director. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get this. And me and Moyo had a talk and he gave yeah. me this big, big pep talk, which we, we both still remember because I had like one of my biggest cases of imposter syndrome ever. And with that, that was one of those first moments where I realized that when you walk into a place and you do your power pose, like I did my power pose before that interview in the bathroom and you truly just go in there with an attitude that like, I I could get this. I'm qualified. They brought me in here for a reason that you can get it. So never ever, you know, feel like you're not qualified, especially if they brought you in for an interview.
0: Yeah. I mean, something I probably shared during that, that I always talk about that my mom gave to me is uh, so this this is the Yoruba proverb. My family's Nigerian. My mom's side is Yoruba. And there's a proverb, well, not really a proverb, but it's a piece of wisdom that my grandma used to say, which is, does he have two heads, right? So it's just to say like anything, if somebody succeeded, then you can do it too. So that's how I feel. And that's how we feel, you know, that's how we feel.
1: Exactly, exactly. So now how did that apply when you were actually at Microsoft so tell us about that experience oh
0: man so much to say where do you want to start with that
1: well you get this new job so at this point we're both living in DC mm-hmm. um, me and my own place in, in DC proper Him yeah, in Arlington, Arlington. <laughs> and know um, understood what actually your job entailed. Can I say that? (laughs) I knew it involved spreadsheets. Yeah,
0: I I mean, more or less. So, okay, I was working for Microsoft in the public sector services. So working for the government. So there's a branch of Microsoft that sold products to the government. And then the part that I work with would help the government to use those products properly. And then I was basically working in the back office, supporting people who were in the field, so doing a, a whole bunch of running numbers, looking at spreadsheets and working with the general manager. so it was pretty boring
1: and fun fact about moyo so even during your summer internship you you do this thing where <coughs> tell the
0: people. So when people say, you're you know, you're really going to expose me here. What's I am. We got to <laughs> okay. talk
1: about this. So, right. um, you know, he, his jobs, he would have the kind of jobs where people are like, it's very flexible here. You mm. can work from home if you want to. And, you know, most people might take like a Friday, right. work from home. What was your interpretation of that? I,
0: I take these things very literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it leads to me not being very, you know, I, I don't advance much when it comes to the corporate world, because so if I figure out that I can be just as effective in terms of the actual work from home as I can from the office, then you're not going to see me in the office. And so I did that during my summer <laughs> internship, and that probably didn't help as far as me, Uh, you know. I mean, initially I came into the office. Yeah. I yeah. Initially I came to okay. the office. And then later on less so and especially once i realized that i wasn't staying there Mm -hmm. then (laughs)
1: yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that in a second so moyle's working for microsoft and me i'm now working for georgetown at the same time i have this one track mind because i'm in this uh mlc program and i am on the track for business school so i am taking the gmat multiple times. I don't think we'll go down that road today cuz mm. it was just too much, yeah. too much money, too much time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, but but also what was interesting about that is that I moved closer and we saw each other less. Because right. I was studying for the GMAT yeah. every night after class.
0: I forgot all about yeah. that. That was so, frustrating. That was a frustrating know, time. right?
1: It was a frustrating time. Moyo would go out on Friday nights and just come over after because I was like, Friday night was yeah. going to be like one of my main times to study and we could see each other on Saturday. Right,
0: so right, So that right, was right.
1: crazy because, you know, the whole reason I moved to D.C. was for us to spend more time to, together and The GMAT completely took over my life.
0: Yeah, it didn't really work out that way.
1: Yeah. And then I started visiting schools. You know, once you start applying to schools, you're visiting schools beforehand, then you are applying. So you're doing that whole draft after draft. It was a very stressful process. When I look back at it, I'm really thankful that I got through it. We got through it because it was extremely stressful. It was a lot of work. But at the end of that tunnel of work, stress, tears, tears, tears over those GMATs. Cool <laughs> tears. Moyo had the, felt the tears. Um, yeah, wow. A oh, funny story, too. Um, so Moyo is, I make fun of him because he studied computer science in Princeton. And this <laughs> has nothing to do with most things. Right. But whenever I'm struggling with something, I'm like, come on, you you did computer science. Like, Yo, help that could me with this. I could honestly be the sink. <laughs> <laughs> So he also is really good at standardized tests. So, so he took the GMAT once, blew it out the park. And that led me to believe that he could tutor me.
0: <laughs> uh, that went well. That, that went did well. not go well. That did not
1: go well. <laughs> the first time we sat down, I was like, oh, this is not going to work. Because he would, like, calculate 15 steps in his head, and I be still be on step two. Like, wait, 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 how'd you get that? <laughs>
0: right, 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 right.
1: So he did try to help me in the process, y'all, and support me. Um, he just, are uh, uh, you know... We have, we have different styles, working styles different man. working
0: styles. But we, we both have our strengths and we do. Now, now we help each other. Yeah. things, So it's good. And I, we'll I, get learned. into that. We've yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So there's a point of all this in case you're like, all right, you guys, uh, why are you still talking about what you did? So yeah. we will get to our, the our lessons. The <laughs> yeah. The reasons we're sharing this story is because these experiences that we went through have made us who we are both individually and as a couple. And um, I think you knowing that will explain a lot about who we are. So I finally get into Michigan. I had some reservations at first because of the distance. I was like, oh, man, can we do this? But I really love Michigan. So I was like, there's no way I wasn't going to go there because of a man. (laughs) I was like, if it works out, then it's meant to be if we're able to do the distance. And it ended up it, it worked out. But it was stressful, too. Right. Like. What, how do we survive that? We we tried to do, what, three weeks, only not go more than yeah. three weeks without seeing each other?
0: Um, Something like that. You know, I, I guess the good thing about that time is, like, I think every three weeks or so we able to travel. Right,
1: and we would alternate it. So if I went one cycle, then it was his turn to come to Michigan. Mm-hmm. and then And then, of course, we would have breaks, like, you know, fall breaks or whatever. I didn't go on as many trips as some of my classmates. Like, during fall breaks, I loved getting home to my family and my man. I also learned that I'm not really big on group trips. (laughs) Uh, You have to know your traveling style. So that's a tip for B-School, too. Right, right. While I was in Michigan, you were starting to side hustle. Yeah. Tell us about that process. How did you start? start getting into apps? What did you do when you were first getting into it? And at what stage did you leave?
0: Right. OK. So one thing that really helped out a lot was misery. <laughs> at that point, I was miserable with my job. So I didn't feel like staying there was an option. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that really helped me have a lot of motivation to find something new. I didn't know whether that new thing was going to be the next job. I-, I looked for a lot of those. I went to different career fairs. There was one career fair I spent, I found out about it. It was a Nesby one. Mm-hmm. I spent about two grand because it was going to be the weekend right after I found out about it. So between the hotel, the flight, whatever, it costs a lot of money, but I just need to find something. I started heading to different opportunities online, just doing research on how to do online marketing, how to do this, how to do that, trying intensely to find something. And mobile apps was one of the things that I ran into. I saw this guy, um... It was a marketer who I was following for a while and he, he started doing apps. He was doing pretty well with it. And I, I saw the kind of revenue he was generating, the kind, kind of um time he was spending on it. And then it was interesting because he wasn't like a genius technical person. It wasn't the kind of guy you would expect to be doing this. So it intrigued me and I was able to see that he was credible. So I said, okay, l- let me, let me just pay attention. Right.
1: What happened next?
0: Um, So, you know, after I'd been following him for maybe six months and just watching the progress, he started offering a course. So by that time, I'm not sure how the six months overlaps so with the time period we were just talking about. But when he offered the course, I jumped on the course. Right. It, it was super expensive, but I knew that I needed something. So I said, OK, let, let this be my Christmas gift to me and we're going to try this thing out. And if it works, incredible. If it doesn't, then it means that I, I just took a chance on myself And totally worth it, right? So I I bought the course and I went through and started learning about the mobile app world. And yeah, that's kind of how we got started.
1: So around the time that Moyo was getting into this app world, I was trying to be the supportive girlfriend. But I don't know about y'all, when you are not really into games, gaming, and your man is, it's kind of like, oh boy. (laughs) Like what is happening here? You have this good job. And you keep talking about these apps, like what is, what is up with these apps? So he slowly got more into this. And I told you before, how Moyo is really into something like his focus is on another level, like level a thousand.
0: Right. So the thing was, I saw the opportunity at the time and what it was. So I was in this course and the person who created the course was creating games, creating apps. You know, some were apps, some were different, some, some were games, but He was making a lot of money doing this, and then what's um, a lot of money? (laughs) So he had lots of apps. He had maybe fifteen, maybe twenty different apps, and some of them were making ten grand a month, right? Ten grand a month, hundred twenty grand a year. That was more than I was making with one app. Some of them were making five thousand dollars a month. Some were making eight hundred dollars a month. So you know, it, it was like it wasn't like he had Instagram, but he had a bunch of apps making decent revenue. They added together. And for a single person, you know, it's not like he had a whole bunch of different employees. He had some folks overseas who helped him to code them. And that was it. This is a really, really significant income. So that intrigued me. And I saw the people who also took the course. So when I first took the course, at first I just went through it and I wasn't doing anything. I just learned. A lot of us do this, we'll learn and we're not doing. But I noticed that there were other people that were doing, that were implementing. And they were putting things out, weren't the best things in the world, but they were making money. Some people were making $2,000 a month. Some people were making $4,000 a month. So I said, you know, wow, that's, you know, $4,000 a month. That's almost 50000 a year. That's significant to me. I was making $100,000. That would be like a 50% raise. So I said, okay, I need to start acting. So that's when I started to actually go hire developers overseas, work on some different games, work on some different little apps and... and just put things out in the market you know the first one i put out there the first month i tell people all the time i made like 87 dollar, 81, <laughs> 81 seventy-eight cents, or something like that. yeah that's the number that's yeah. the number which,
1: which is still a little exciting to make money on yes. the internet it, yeah it,
0: it, it was the moment that i saw okay this is working you know mm-hmm. that was exciting because it's like okay if you can make a dollar you could probably make two why can't you make 10 why can't right. you make 100 so you know i just started to think like that
1: Hey guys, it's Michaela here with a quick word from our sponsors. Special thanks to our sponsor, Grammarly. The other day, I wrote an Instagram caption that started with the sentence, It's been a while. And I must have read that caption over at least 10 times before posting it. But it was only after the post had been up for well, only 24 hours that I realized I made a spelling error. I spelled a while as one word rather than two. If I'd only just copy and pasted that caption into Grammarly first, it would have caught it for me. I've decided that I am tired of trying to be my own copy editor, so Grammarly is my new writing best friend. Grammarly is a writing assistant that offers clear, effective, mistake-free writing across multiple devices, browsers and apps. I have the plugin installed on my browser and it pops up with writing corrections on everything from my newsletters to my show notes to my Facebook posts. So it's really convenient. I don't have to think about it. It's just always there to help me. So do yourself a favor and check out Grammarly so you too can type with confidence. Go to grammarly.com slash side hustle to get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's Grammarly.com slash side hustle for 20% off your Grammarly premium account. Hey, hey, y'all. Second quarter of 2019 has officially begun. So tell me, what skill have you been meaning to work on that you haven't gotten to yet? Now is the time. And there's no better place than Skillshare to start learning and growing today. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators just like us. It has over 25,000 classes in subjects like photography, entrepreneurship, graphic design, writing, marketing, and even podcasting, you name it. I even created a course and you can take it, my How to Start Your Own Podcast course. It's on Skillshare so you can learn how to record, how to edit, how to publish your show and get started today as a podcaster. Huge thanks to Skillshare for supporting Pro with a special offer just for you. You can get two months of unlimited access to Skillshare for free. So sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash SideHustlePro. Start working on your dreams today. That's Skillshare.com slash SideHustlePro to start your two months free right now. One last time, that's Skillshare.com slash SideHustlePro. How long was it between that first app? Because I can't remember between that first app that was 87 to like apps that were making like a couple thousand.
0: Yeah. So the next month I made a thousand dollars. So okay. what happened is that once I saw, OK, this is real, like I can, you know, I'll make money and they'll pay me in U.S. currency, American yes. dollars. Yes. Right. Um, you see that happen. You say, all right, this, this is real. How do we make this more? So then I started getting into it. I started studying, okay, how do we make, you know, what's limiting me right now is I only got 936 downloads. So how do we get 10 times or a hundred times as many downloads? So I started studying the marketing, right? And looking at how do we get more downloads? And I started really working on that. So by the the next month, got more and got got better results and made a $1,000. And at the time... That was right around what I was paying for rent, so you know that's really significant, right? right? I mean,
1: having your rent covered by yeah, yeah,
0: it's not okay. Let me quit my job, money, but that's it. it it's it felt good, it right. felt good.
1: And um, so as he's doing this, I'm still kind of like, okay, that's <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's a nice side hustle. I love that you you got that focus, you got that ambition about you. Never really knew where it would lead. And then then he started making more and more money. And he would go to these conferences, the app conferences, the, the conference from the person who taught the course that he bought, that first initial course. And, you know, I would, <laughs> well, I was just trying to be in the world, but I was really like an outsider, you know, <laughs> trying to be supportive. But I was this outsider who was like, what are you guys talking about? Not that I didn't understand it, but when you go somewhere like a conference that's devoted to something that you're not as passionate about, it could be a little hard at times, but I learned to love it because he loved it. Mm-hmm. I learned to support it and even, you know, test out games and play <laughs> games because he would be bummed out when he would get excited about something and I wasn't. And that's still something that we work on to this right, day because, right, 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 you know, right. I want to support you. Right, right, and, right. And, but sometimes you're more excited than I am. So
0: that that's one interesting thing. So uh, just for the people out there is like. So even though we're both entrepreneurs, I feel like we we have different person. Actually, we have the opposite person. We, Remember, do, we took we the Myers
1: Briggs, the Myers Briggs personality test. He, Everything's opposite. He well, did, had you taken it before, before or like just you took it twice recently? I took week?
0: it twice, probably a year apart.
1: Okay, so I had taken it way back in college, and I have known my personality type. Um, I, I've you know, and sometimes he would be like, oh, you know, I don't believe in putting <laughs> ourselves in boxes. Then he took Myers Briggs, and you know, took it two. Times one year apart got the yeah, same yeah. result, and yeah, we are the exact opposite personality type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an INFJ, and he's a it's
0: ESTP. But I, I think my E could really be—it's it, it's borderline. Like, yeah, it's, it's borderline. Yeah, I, I, I'm close to it. Yeah, I,
1: yeah. But it's been helpful to understand each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Because when you're an entrepreneur, what were you just
0: saying? You were going to say like, yeah, um we have different personality yeah. types, and. I'm the person that I can't really turn it off. Mm-hmm. I am always excited. I will yeah. wake up wanting to talk about different ideas and different things in the business and that, it, <laughs> and you I ain't that up, way.
1: <laughs> I wake up and I want to zen. meditate. I want to zen, I want to read my Bible and I want to journal. And sometimes if I come in the living room too soon and Moyo's there, he'll be like, Guess what? And I'm like, does this have to do with Psalm forty? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, what the, does this have to do
0: right, right, right. with? Because I, I, I just I, I came I've out learned, to get some I've tea. Learned, he's learned, like, learned, <laughs> learned.
1: <laughs> but still, I, and I've and I've learned to to be more excited because you know what? Like, if your partner is excited about something, that's excited. If he's passionate about something, that's exciting. Even if like that's not something that you know wakes you up every day, like it's still exciting to see him pursue his passion. So. That's something that's been a, it's a great learning for us. So anyway, back to that part of the app space. So um, that's going on. Then you start making more money. Right.
0: That was around December. December like, what? Yeah. That was like six months since.
1: December 2013. 2012, yeah. 2012. But um, when did you actually leave your job?
0: All right. So December is when it got real. December, by the end of that month... I made double my monthly salary outside the job. So then I started seriously thinking about it. I was going to collect another stock award that following September. So Mm -hmm. in December, I said, okay, let me stay until September. If things are still going well, then I'll leave in September. Right. After a while in January, after I started doing some more things, releasing some more apps, it was looking good. I said, okay. Let's move the date up to June because June is my birthday. That'll be a great, <laughs> great time to leave, so yeah. celebrate the birthday, and we'll leave the job, blaze of glory, amazing, yeah. right? Then around February or maybe March, I had a app, I had a, a game that went and hit the top ten. I was actually sitting inside um, a class that I was forced to go to it was for project management. So they wanted I had gotten demoted and put into this project manager position. So. I had to go take this project manager class to try to get this credential. I'm sitting in the class, and at the time, my app is blowing up. It hit the top 10 in the App Store while I'm in this class that I was forced to go to because (laughs) I wasn't useful to anybody. right? So um, while that was happening, and I started seeing the craziest numbers I saw in my life, so then my timeline then moved up from... June to April. And I, I actually did end up leaving the job in April.
1: And I'm like, and I got the timeline a little confused. So I wasn't in in business school yet when he quit, um, when he left to uh, do his apps full time. Yeah, was was, yeah, I was about to leave my job too in June. And so I guess we did experience us both not working for anybody for a little bit before I went to B-school. But I too was in that camp of, of telling you like, why don't you just, <laughs> you know keep making all this money on the side, pay off your loans and then quit. Right. But at, and because at the time I didn't truly understand what it felt like to, to just really not be appreciated somewhere and just be like, ready, ready, ready. I wouldn't understand that till later. So
0: right, I and, get it now. And I, I think the big, the biggest factor that made me do it is because I felt that I was constricting the growth of, my business at that point by being at my job and not being able to devote my full self and my full time to the business.
1: Yeah. And that's something I experienced too, where I talked about it in my episode on why I quit is, is, you know, you reach a point where it's like, okay, I'm not making as much as I would want to be making to quit my job. But at the same time, if I'm making this much as a side hustle, imagine what I could do if I could give it my full effort. So that's that point where you really do have to make a choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I was making more money outside by a lot. And um, it, it was hard for me at that point to deal with the kind of, I guess, indignity. yeah. Because <laughs> you, you lose tolerance for that right. kind of thing when you don't feel that you need people. Exactly. So I, I knew that I had to leave.
1: <laughs> and um, So he left and then I headed off to business school. And while I was there, went through a lot of self-reflection and Personal discovery because once again, when you go through something like going to grad school, it's really, especially business school, getting your MBA, the whole goal is to get a job. The whole goal is from the minute you start writing your essays, really, you're supposed to have a story. You're supposed to have this why of why you're going to. Get your MBA and what you're going to use it to do. And what often happens is um, you have to come up with your story fairly quickly in the process because you're <laughs> applying. You know, the December before the August when you matriculate.
0: I just made up a story, right? We
1: all make up a story. Let's be real. <laughs> we all make up a story. So mine was about brand management, right? Because it was the closest thing to marketing. What happens too is that business school has these buckets that everyone kind of gets in where they fit in. So I was like, okay, cool. That one's marketing. Um, I'm going to do brand management. That's that's my story story. I'm sticking to it. So that's what all my essays were about. um, How I was going to do, be a brand manager. Interestingly enough, when I reread those essays now, I actually did talk about how I wanted to be a brand manager for a while and then start my own marketing consulting agency. Mm. So look at that foreshadowing. So although I'm not doing that exact thing, I did have like entrepreneurship as a, a
0: far off goal. You also kind of back to that Barbara Walters thing you talked about originally. Yeah, you
1: know? that too. <laughs> full, full
0: circle, full, <laughs> full circle. circle.
1: So, so anyway, but well back to the story. So that's my story. I was sticking to it. And what happens when you do that though, is you start believing that story and you start going blindly in the direction of it without really taking enough moments of, to really ask yourself, okay, is this what I want to do? Why, why am I doing this? How can I get to where I want to go? And You know, business school is such an awesome opportunity that many of us squander because we're so focused on choosing a story, fitting in a bucket that we don't take enough time out to to go after our truth and therefore identify the resources that could help us and support that truth. Even if it doesn't have a perfect job at the end of it, even if there's no uh, blueprint from that truth to a job, because- We're so focused on getting a job. So saying all that to say, I went in with the focus of getting a job so much so that when I got into Michigan, I was awarded the Consortium for Graduate Study and Management Fellowship, CGSM. Anyone going to business school who is an underrepresented minority should check. Definitely check out CGSM.org. I'll link to it in the show notes. So. Got into with the fellowship. Um, Full tuition fellowship, by the way. So shout out to me for working my butt off. I got to shout myself off. (laughs) I got to shout myself out real quick, real quick. (laughs) (laughs) So full tuition fellowship. And what happens when you go in through CGSM is not everyone receives a fellowship. So let me just put that disclaimer out there. It truly is merit-based. It's not awarded to everybody who applies to the consortium. But I was one of the fortunate ones to receive it. And we also everyone does go to what's called the orientation program the orientation program you get an early chance to recruit for companies for your summer internship. I interviewed there for a bunch of brand management and a bunch of you know different marketing roles I, I ended feel, I feel up
0: like they were loving you.
1: Well, a little bit, a little bit. I, they were loving me. Like, I got a lot of callbacks, but then uh, the callbacks were not were not all as successful. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> couldn't fake it till I make it uh, uh. in the last round, right? <laughs> so, but I did end up getting um, an internship at Google, not mm-hmm. for the marketing role that I wanted, but for ad sales. And at that point, my eyes were just like completely lit up, like with the Google brand, like, oh, this is awesome, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Done, I'm it. So I went into business school with an internship, which is a pro and a con, because mm. the pro is like I could focus on my academics, which is something that I actually really went back for. I'd studied communication in undergrad, so I shied away from all math and all quant in undergrad, which was part of the reason the GMAT was so difficult. But now I, realize I really wanted to to feel confident in this space. So having an internship allowed me to focus on my classes a bit. But what it did was make me again, back to this point of being lazy when we're just like, <laughs> oh, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. It made me lazy to explore anything else. I was like, I, I, I already did what I came here to do. Check. I'm ahead of everybody in the game. I already got my job. <laughs> so fast forward to summer 2014. It's finally time for that internship. And because Moyo was an entrepreneur at this point, he actually came out with me to Mountain View, California, um, to live for the summer while I interned at Google. And how was that experience for you? Oh, man. <laughs> so, it, it,
0: California is beautiful. Uh, gorgeous, the, the Bay Area is gorgeous. beautiful. Gorgeous,
1: yeah.
0: Um, I didn't really, you know... I, I don't really want to live there. <laughs> I, I enjoy being on the East Coast more.
1: Yeah. I, 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 we are East Coasters, okay? Our, our family's true, here, our people are here, yeah. so
0: I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. But anyway,
1: <laughs> so because we were out there, I had to rent a car for the summer. Oh, my gosh, it's so expensive, you guys. So what I made in the for the internship, it, it almost practically all went to rent, plus renting a car for the summer and, you know, We had one car, and Moyo would need it during the day, so he would drop me off at work every day. (laughs) We got really close that summer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was our first time living together, too. It was our first time. So it was kind of like a test, too. Like, can we do this? Can we do this living together thing? So it was first time living together. Drove me to work every day, so we were just super spending a lot of time together. And I was going to this internship, and I'm so glad that Moyo was there for the summer because... I just had a really difficult experience. I mean, I was suffering from imposter syndrome because I think day two that I was there, one of the, the senior people on my team, there's this, there's there are these Google certifications that you can do, which had nothing really to do with my, well, okay, so they're ad certifications. So they they show that you are proficient in the Google ad tools, the Google ad suite and coming into the internship. It's not a requirement, but it's, it's looked upon highly if you do it. So of course I was like, Oh, I'm going to do these certifications during the summer in addition to my job. And I think the second day in one of the the senior members of the team was like, well, you know, last year's intern did it in like a weekend. So, you know, um, expecting the same from you. And I mean, that was just that first shot of like, Oh, shit. Like, I don't even curse, but, you yeah. know, just, like, Are you know, you? feeling like that, like, that... Of course, I always knew it was a competition, and you're being evaluated against your peers. But it was almost kind of like I was already being told, like, we love last year's intern, so we'll we'll see if you can cut it. And maybe that's just me being my feelings. Again, mm-hmm. I'm an INFJ, so I'm feelings all day. Um, But... That was like that first little chip against my confidence. Mm. And then every day that I went in there, I was the only black woman on the team. And not not to say that that was a factor, because I don't know, you'll never know that for sure. But I always felt this, I always felt like I needed to show and prove. I always felt like that there was an underlying feeling like, oh, is this intern smart enough? Mm. Like, oh, do we get a good intern this year? Like, uh, you know, the one we had last year was so awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're making a face. What are your thoughts? I mean, what are your
0: thoughts? You you already know what what I what I think. No, about I that. I don't
1: know. I don't uh-huh. know. The the people listening definitely. Know uh, yeah. That.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. I I don't, I don't feel like you have anything to prove. Yeah. Uh, uh, ultimately, you you just have to show up, do you, and then let things be what they are.
1: Well, I felt like I had something to prove, and I was killing myself to try to take these certifications, plus um, try to complete this summer project that was just it was like they gave me a problem that is still not solved to this day and expected me to solve it as a summer intern in eight weeks. And looking <laughs> back at I I, I I see how ridiculous that is and, and how much I should have probably like um, maybe challenged it a bit or, or worked to scale it down into something that was realistic, you know, or, or manage the expectations in terms of like, Instead of coming up with a solution, proposing Mm. um, next steps that could get you closer. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't spend a a lot of time now. Thank goodness. I don't spend a lot of time trying to dissect that experience. But when I was living it, I mean, I was in my head like every day, like I would come home frustrated. You saw me like I was staying up. You would go to bed. I was staying up (laughs) (laughs) trying to like work on stuff. Yeah,
0: I remember you would spend so much time trying to perfect different PowerPoints and I was just (laughs) really wondered why you were doing that.
1: Well, my final PowerPoint was just deck that I was, you know, that in in addition to trying to solve the problem, putting it together into a deck. And I think trying to perfect it was my way of dealing with the anxiety, you know, like Mm -hmm. if I could just get this to be perfect, the the presentation will go better or what have you. Um, So long story short, that was not, the role for me. That was not the role for Nikayla. I didn't see it at the time, but all I had on me was also this feeling of I've got to get this job. Like, yeah. that, when you are in, when you're in the MBA program, like, Getting a job is part of your value part, and part of how you're seen as successful. The perception to me, of value. The perception yeah, value. of value, excuse me. Yeah, perception of value. So to me, I started to not only uh, stress out about doing well, but also stress out about what I was going to tell my peers. Like, I have to get there's, the job. There's a
0: lot of peer pressure, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of peer you're pressure. Be the Everybody. Only person without. Right. Yeah.
1: People are talk, asking you how the internship is going. Where, where Everyone's lying. Be? Where be, uh... Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you step foot back into school, Day one, people are asking you, did you get the offer? You know, and what do you say? I was just as vague as possible. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely vague. (laughs) What helped me at first was that Google actually did not give most people offers right away. They delayed it. I don't know if they still do that, but at the time they didn't give it to you at the end of your internship, like some companies mm. do. So that that helped me stall for a bit. Oh, we don't know yet. We're going to find out, you know, in the fall. Right. And then they start op- giving people offers. People start finding out. And it's like I start uh, panicking a bit. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? I was actually on my fall break with Moyo in Miami Oof, when yeah. they finally called me, finally called me October to tell me if I got the internship. I mean, Y'all can guess what the answer is. You already know. The answer was a big, fat no. So, of course, I collapsed on the bathroom floor. I'm so dramatic. (laughs) i like crying. (laughs) When we were just about to go get drinks on the strip. So... You have to pick me up off the floor.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's that's how we, that's how we bond. <laughs> that's
1: how we bond. Me balling, boo I was more so angry and pissed, too, that they waited so damn long. I'm like, y'all could have got this over with. You did not have to stretch this out for two months. <laughs>
0: yeah. But ultimately, I think, you know, thinking back to it, mm-hmm. um, it just reminds me of that, that theme that's been coming up for us lately. It's uh-huh. just let's not worry about what should be or what would be the right way to do it. Let's just worry about what actually, ha- what is, and yeah. let's deal with that, you right. know? And when I look at it, you know, suppose all that had gone well and you were at Google right uh, now, then nobody would be listening to this right now.
1: Nobody would be listening to this. I think about that too in terms of, one, yeah, not not lamenting the past, not, not spending time like with the what ifs and what have you, because I truly do believe that, there is no such thing as failure, but kind of redirection. And I wasn't meant to go down that path. I wouldn't be the woman I am today. There would be no house hustle pro. Maybe I would be an entrepreneur somewhere down the line, like I wrote in my uh, my essays, but <laughs> not right now. And I'm so happy with where I am right now. And I also really didn't want to move back to Mountain View. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, uh, another thing that is deep for me yeah. is just that you really want to prove to them mm-hmm. that you could excel at the game that you were playing there, which is yeah. like ad sales and right. making this PowerPoint and solving this particular problem, yeah. proving that you were analytical, right. whatever that and means. And
1: helping them just serve people more ads right. And, and, right. And, and getting people to buy more ads. You, yeah. you know,
0: and, and whatever that there's nothing wrong with that inherently. Mm-hmm. Somebody's great at that. Right. Yeah. And that's their thing. But the fact is that, you know, you're really good at other things. Yes. <laughs> yep. And we talked about that earlier today. So just. You know, all of us have our own gifts. And if you put a, a monkey in a swimming race, right, they're probably not going to win that swimming race. But if they're climbing a tree, they'll be a, a professional climbing the tree. Exactly. Right. So now that you're running your own race, I think that it's, it's a lot more pleasurable and you're mm-hmm. a lot more effective as well. Yeah. So, and
1: speaking of that, so another thing we talked about recently was. I finally had an epiphany and it occurred to me why I would get so pissed when people would tell me I'm not analytical enough because the way it was said to me, it was like, it was like they were making a determination of my capabilities and it's like you you can i'm capable of anything like if i put my mind to it i can do anything i just don't prefer to do certain things right i would rather be recording this podcast and making empowering content for the world and for black women in particular than running a spreadsheet right or or creating a, a presentation deck so that doesn't mean i'm incapable of doing that i just prefer don't want (laughs) to do it so recognizing that as well not letting people put their judgments on you of what you're capable of recognizing that just because you don't enjoy and and and, or you could say that's not my ministry that's not my ministry because i don't want it to be that's not that's not that's not my calling it doesn't mean i can't do it but that's not my calling
0: yeah yeah
1: so now let's move into me graduating without a job so as a result of me not getting that offer I started exploring other paths. The reason why I was delayed in that is, again, because I was just hoping to get the offer at a a big name company and figure it out later. I quickly realized that business school was not going to be this time where all of my life's purpose would be revealed to me. And then I would graduate in two years with all of life's questions answered. That was not going to happen. It could have happened if I had spent more time getting to know myself and and what my passions were. And some people do that and and I really respect them. Um, My roommate media, for example, is one of those people who really took the time to take deeper life changing classes and challenge herself in ways and just completely reinvent herself. And my roommate Stephanie as well. So if I had done that, I probably would have been closer to where I am now, but I did not so Explored some other jobs, the typical, like, brand management type of things. Graduated without a job and ended up moving back home to D.C. with Moyo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so w- what were you thinking around that time when that was going on? Um,
1: so, number one, I was definitely very ashamed and embarrassed. I was jealous of my peers that had jobs. And I thought that they would think less of me for not having a job. I was so worried about what other people thought. Again, looking back, I, you know, just want to shake myself. Like who cares? And, and, you know, who is anyone else? And if you, if there's someone who you really think will think less of you, like those are not your friends. So that's what I would tell, you know, Nikayla in 2015. But at the time I was just so, um, deep in my shame, I actually studied abroad the spring of my second year, so January through March, and it was nice to get away from all that MBA <laughs> pressure. It really was. It gave me some time for self reflection there as well. And when I graduated, I finally really started opening up to people beyond, besides my roommates, about you know searching and not having a job, and and was able to find some trusted confidants that I didn't feel. Look down on me. You know, Mm -hmm. some of of my uh, Ross classmates even like helped me tighten up my resume, tighten up my cover letters, were sending me roles, role after role. I started applying for jobs. And then what ultimately occurred to me is this thing we're talking about earlier, which is choosing yourself and making your own job. Now, when I say choosing yourself, I mean, After lots of rejections and people telling me I wasn't this or that or they went with someone else who was more this, I decided, you know what, I'm going to create my own job. I I don't have a job yet, but I'm going to start doing the things that I want to do. So that's when I started Mm -hmm. my blog again. And at first I started blogging about marketing and industry topics, online marketing, because I knew that would get me closer to a job. But then it it really transitioned into this whole space of interviewing people. It didn't start out with Black women entrepreneurs, but it it transitioned to that too.
0: What was that click that made you transition to Black women entrepreneurs?
1: The click was when I was doing my interviews, um, I just was gravitating more towards some of the women I knew who were side hustling and who were doing this entrepreneurship thing because... At that point I also was like, Man, I wish I had just done my own thing. I wish I had just done the entrepreneurship path. I'm tired of asking these gatekeepers for permission to enter their offices, their workspaces, their corporate environments that I know I'm not gonna like anyway. <laughs> and and they and they and getting rejections from them. I'm yeah. so over it. I just And so I wanted to start talking to people who I admired who were just doing it. You know how it is when you just want to breathe the air of people because you just you you want to be around those people because that's what you want for your life. They say that life is the sum of the people you're around. Mm -hmm. And so that's who I was gravitating towards, because I started to see that this if I have to go through this for the rest of my life, I will not be a happy woman. So at some point I have got to be an entrepreneur. So let me talk to some entrepreneurs.
0: Right. Uh, One thing that I think is really interesting, just based on the story you were just telling, when you start talking to more of those people, very few of them have the kind of cookie cutter life that we were led to believe was the way to go, you know, where you go from A to B to C to D and everything just works out.
1: Yeah, yeah. But with that said, I did end up getting a job, finally, December of 2015. Right, right, okay. Um, in between that time, I also uh, did some consulting uh, temp work with MLT. Shout out to MLT, holding their alums down. Yep, yep. And and so that helped me to, to have some income before I finally got a full-time offer with NPR, uh, National Public Radio, working as a senior marketing manager there. So I was working on the different programs, including podcasts, marketing them, online marketing um, across all platforms.
0: One thing that's funny about the NPR thing is that I was the only one in our house that listened to NPR before you worked for NPR.
1: (laughs) Yes. Can we talk about this? I could say this now that I no longer work there. So (laughs) for that interview, by this time, I was also very burnt out of interviewing. So I did not grow up listening to NPR. Uh, Maybe it's because for a long time, my parents didn't have a car growing up in the city, growing up in the Bronx. So I did not grow up listening to NPR. And when I got the call for the interview, I submitted anyway, but when I got the call, I called up, I talked to Moyo and I mm-hmm. called I called up my my Michigan roommate, Nidia. I was like, tell me everything you love about NPR. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I used some of their answers in my interviews. I was just like, you know, there's no way that I could get all the way caught up in two days. So nah. I just got to do my research how, how I see fit.
0: <laughs> it, but it worked out for It you. worked out. Yeah. It worked out.
1: So worked there from starting in 2015. And now I, I think we got to speed this up a little bit. For maybe. Sure, for sure. So NPR to now is probably one of the biggest transitions okay, that I had. Talk about that. Um, but also you had. So during this time, there have been ups and downs and changes in your entrepreneurial journey. How mm-hmm, would you mm-hmm, summarize mm-hmm.
0: that? Wow. Um, how would I summarize the changes? So in 2015, I sold my first app portfolio at business. And so that was definitely a big moment. After that definitely comes a moment where I had to figure out what comes next. I definitely took some time off and um, just enjoyed it. (laughs) I started thinking about some different ideas, went into some businesses that didn't work out at all. I started a podcast, which I I didn't finish and um, found my way back into the app world again and I'm kind of there currently.
1: So this, and, and you could hear more of this on Game of Grow, obviously, yeah, when he's going to break yeah. it down a little bit more, but right. there have been twists and turns. Thank, there have thank been you ups for the plug. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, we don't want this episode to go on for three hours, but to let you know that um, there was a time when he sold his app portfolio that, you know, he didn't know if he would keep doing apps, right? Like yeah. the industry had changed so much. The um, Apple had made it so much harder for for, for people to market to, right, right, to get right, the right. kind of um dollars and and revenue that they were used so, to seeing
0: yeah it's it's become a more mature industry and so <laughs> i would compare things to like the wild west when i when i first started and yeah, it's, it's a lot more mature it's more sophisticated there's not as much ability to get traffic f- for free um and just make money the easy way. So it, it kind of forces you to, uh, <laughs> lo and behold, you have to build a, a real business now. Um, so there was definitely an adaptation period. It, it, it was not easy and just kind of getting there now, Yeah. You know?
1: Getting back into your stride. Uh, yeah. Because you tested yeah. out, there was a time when you
0: were doing like Amazon. Uh, yeah, did, did, uh, worked on Amazon. I, we actually still have a couple of the wine openers that yeah. I was selling. What's
1: it? Amazon? Uh,
0: Amazon, it fulfilled by Amazon. Fulfilled so, by Amazon. So um, you can sell just about any goods or service. You, you can go on Alibaba or, you know, work with a manufacturer in the US or in, in China. I was working with manufacturers in China to develop my wine opener product. <laughs> and um, yeah, you. Just sell it online using different types of advertising.
1: Right. So we have a lot of wine openers. So, but but we've transitioned away from that, and that's something I've had to get comfortable with as a wife, like this this wife of a serial entrepreneur. And now that I am um, potentially going to be a serial entrepreneur, getting comfortable with uncertainty and the unknown and. Being able to sleep, knowing that we are going to find our way, even if there are some ups and downs where it's unclear what the path is moving forward.
0: Right, right, right. And and just for everybody, I I wouldn't say that there's anything wrong with Amazon or FBA, but my my commitment to it wasn't there. It was just kind of like a a, a quick money play and those generally never work out.
1: Yes, quick money plays don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why, you know, I stayed at NPR for, um, well, I didn't stay forever, you know, Fun fact about me: I've also never worked anywhere for more than what a year and a half. Yeah, something like that. I just, yeah, that's just just how the cookie crumbles. That, that's what I'll say. And so I was at NPR for from twenty fifteen, December twenty fifteen to December. 2017. Okay. So two years, look at me. (laughs) And while I was there, I started Side Hustle Pro. I turned it from a blog into the podcast and I was so inspired by these women. And I, you know, I told you I'd already started to get the bug that I want to be an entrepreneur eventually that I, my mind was on business and I want to shout out Michigan and my MBA for this as well, because I wouldn't have this, I wouldn't absolutely would not have had this lens if I didn't go to business school. I just wasn't, Thinking like that, I was I was always thinking creatively. I love creating. Like I had a blog before I went to Michigan, but then once I came out and I've, I've met so many amazing people who are going after their dreams. i am now talking to these women on the podcast. I started to see it more as something that was achievable, and so I started to test out different revenue streams. Started to test out different courses. Uh, started six months into the podcast after growing it and you know just focusing on growing the downloads. Started monetizing through advertising and and did that all on my own, pitching sponsors cold. So saying all that to say, I kind of always had the lens that NPR would be my last job. And the, the path that it took to get there wasn't easy. I had a lot of doubts. Um, I talked to Moyo about it a lot because... I would come home and sometimes say I want to quit, you know, if I had a frustrated day. <laughs> and he would say, OK, well, but what are you going to do to make money? <laughs> and I hated that question because I didn't know. I didn't know what I was going to do to make money until I started to actually do things. That, that's what you have to do. I, yeah. I started testing out, okay, wh- what would it look like if this was my business model? What would it look like if I started taking on advertisers? Is that sustainable? Can I make enough each month to cover my my expenses? And I, I took it from there until I ultimately was able to get to that point where no, I wasn't making it as much as I would like to. But I said to myself, if I'm making this much on the side, imagine if I do this full time. And I was doing it consistently. So that's when I knew that I was ready to take that leap. And I'd also saved up a bit. So that was what has brought me to my my full time entrepreneurship life. Yeah. And it's been a year of us as dual entrepreneurs. What what lessons have we learned in this process?
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, okay.
1: So, what kind of conversations do you think we have the most?
0: Uh, they're they're very varied, um, but I, I want to say you know one of the I've I've been really impressed by you over. <laughs> I'm not just saying that for the podcast, uh-huh. but like yeah, you know we really did have those frank conversations yeah. where I was expressing to you, okay, like when you leave is is going to be like you you really have to be in this, you got to yeah. do this, yeah, and you really you've really done it, you know. Um, I've been impressed by your consistency with the podcast, the way that you deliver for your students and care about them, and then help them to kind of achieve their goals. And yeah, you you just really been consistent is the word. <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, thank you. And consistency is is big for me because. I'm not always the most productive. I'm not always the most motivated, but I...
0: Those things are true.
1: (laughs) Right, but I keep my eye on the goal and and I find ways, which, you know, going to plug my goal-getter action plan here because it truly is how... (laughs) No, it's truly how I stay focused. Like because, and it's truly how I don't get discouraged. You know, when you, you like really wasted like a couple of days and you feel bad about yourself, like, no, like having that process of being able to snap back and say, okay, you know, what am I going to focus on tomorrow and today? And then seeing that checklist and, and having those sprints keeps me focused. But, um, I think, and thank you for that because Moyo, you know, I always say this, I don't think I say it enough, but, um, he inspired me a lot and, the way in, in, in so many ways, when you live with someone, sometimes you take it for granted. You don't even you don't even speak it as much because you're just like it's like osmosis. You're just soaking it up. <laughs> you, you just you, you. you I see how you move. I see how you operate um, even when I don't want to be that way. Right. Like I see <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I am soaking that up. Like you're responsible with money. Like you're, I'm responsible with money too, yeah. but he's like, like right. he can live below, 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 below his means. Like this man <laughs> will have like two pairs of shoes for like five <laughs> years, you know? Um, Whereas I am like, you guys know, I like my pedicures, right? So, <laughs> so I have learned a lot from you in, in terms of sacrifice and in terms of, a focus when you're ready to when you are buckling down on something like it, there's nothing else that matters not not a dish in the sink no. <laughs> <laughs> nothing yeah. else matters and, but I respect that I respect that more we used to like fight over that but um, I respect that like there are times when. I used to procrastinate by doing laundry. Like yeah. I, would say, I would say, "Okay, I know I need to do X, Y, Z, but I just need a clean space. Right. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do laundry right now." And <laughs> that was procrastination. Like if you have work to do, you got to do your work.
0: Yeah, that's a fact. So I, I, I mean, just to that point, I think that we both, I think now we've gotten better at learning things from each other. And mm-hmm. there's certain things that you excel at that I don't, and there's certain things that I excel at that you don't. And we're able to fill in those gaps mm-hmm. and it kind of helps us to be a stronger unit.
1: Yeah. Which is why we're ultimately um, going to work n- more together now. Yeah. Like uh, we're, we're starting um, something. It's coming, not not revealing it yet, but we are, we are building something. I,
0: th- I thought were say I, we, we said, That's <laughs> okay, it. That's all right. we're going to say. It. We're
1: building something. And then... I we do recognize each other's strengths. So the more that um, I work on, for example, my master classes, I, I recognize that really, like Moyo, really likes digging into the data. Like you know how I said I I'm, I don't love Excel spreadsheets, but he really loves like breaking out every single number and saying and and just analyzing it like twenty five different ways. Mm-hmm. Like well, this is what happens over mm-hmm. five days streak and if i notice if i put in one dollar here mm-hmm. the next month i'll see blah 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 and and so we've we've learned that you know yeah. what why don't you focus on the ads and i just focus on this
0: i, I think what I, I, I just i love the results so i, I like looking at like what's going to get us that result so if, if it mean the number
1: yeah cool. i like results too but like you know i'll just look at like the surface okay Um, you know, what was the cost per click, you know, what, how many people showed up versus. I think
0: think you have a lot of intuitive skills. A lot
1: of intuitive, yeah. So, oh, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. (laughs) And you guys, we're going to wrap up soon because.
0: We held you for a while, We held you for a while,
1: but (laughs) we hope, we hope this wasn't too rambly, but, and that it helps you to understand, first of all, who Nikayla is, right? Who, who she really is as walking you through the journey and then who the Akome family is cuz it's the Akome family hustle and that's right. that that's that's the legacy that we're building. I don't know if you heard the podcast interview I did with Essence but I talk about how And this is something that, you know, I credit Moyo to for how much he has. Thank you. No, you've drilled down. You've been so focused on the legacy that we're creating. We don't want our kids to ever have to worry or or do without or, you know, just struggle. Like we think about the legacy part of of building um, wealth, building a wealth estate, building our estates, you know.
0: So, yeah. and, And with that, I mean, I can't I can't. Let things go too far from now without stopping to thank our parents. Yeah, just thinking about where they came. Like that's uh, very
1: true. Like my dad grew up
0: in the village. Exactly. (laughs) My 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 mom grew up poor as well. Both both in Nigeria. And I know your parents came from similar circumstances. So it's just amazing to see how far
1: we talk about that all the time because it's amazing to see what can happen in two or one generation. Like imagine what will happen for our kids. Like my parents, they grew up. Um, you know, with with that outdoor bathroom in Jamaica, in the country, right? Like, and now we have all these um, luxuries that we take for granted. Yeah. But that happened in one generation, them bringing their kids to the United States. So- we're just trying to we're just trying to continue the legacy and push it to the next level push it to that next level so follow us follow along in our journey you can um, keep up with Moyo at Game of Grow and of course I will continue to check in on Side Hustle Pro let me know if you enjoyed this and I will continue to share more always about my own journey and with that
0: there you have it there you have it hey guys
1: Thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly Side Hustle Diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.